on another exciting edition of Animation Deliberation, we are continuing our weekly coverage of Demon Slayer. So we've got Season 2, Episode 7, Transformation, and we will get right into that after some ads we have no control over. The demons are taking over, oh my god. When it's time to give a truly special gift to that special someone in your life, why not turn to a jeweler you can trust? Solomon Brothers Jewelers is a family-owned business that's earned Atlanta's trust for decades with high quality, low prices, and the largest selection. Solomon Brothers has thousands of wedding bands, engagement rings, and loose diamonds in stock. Shop Solomon Brothers online at SolomonBrothers.com, SolomonBrothers.com, or stop by stores with locations in Buckhead or Alpharetta and experience the best. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation, deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Muscle, muscle, muscle. <laughs> well, folks, welcome back to Animation Deliberation, the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. I am back after a week off of Demon Slayer coverage, but I'm glad to be back. I am Jay Scotty St. Clair. And joining me are... I am Zuhair Ali, and I am overwhelmed. <laughs> and I am Andrew Rogers, and I am under-muscled. <laughs> Not a good gym day? Not a good gym day. You said, you know, you're always whelmed. You were overwhelmed, so... If I'm saying muscle, I guess I'm under-muscled. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll do my best to be flashy in that case. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just get right into it. We have another, in my opinion, absolutely stellar episode of a phenomenal show. You guys took the helm and, and covered the chunk of episodes that we were covering last week, which I felt left off on a huge cliffhanger. but. They did not rest on their laurels. They just pick up right from there. And we get an amazing battle between Daki and a transformed Nezuko. Hence the episode title, Transformation. I don't like it. Beast mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's got a horn growing out of her head now, a single horn. Uh, she's got some ivy patterns, like tattoos that are covering her skin. And she has proven herself to be quite the powerful demon. So much so that she's causing Daki a, a lot of surprise in terms of her regenerative abilities and her demon blood art. They matured her upper half too, which is very anime of them. I didn't pick up on that, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> I was like, oh god, she looks a lot older now. But yeah, that transformation was just bananas. And it, like... <laughs> Early on, we were talking about how much we wanted more Nezuko and more of her story and more of her development. I regretted asking for all of that when, like, the sinister snark kicked in, which mm. was, like, the cover art on Hulu, too, when you hit play next episode. Oh, my God, did that whole sequence make me so uncomfortable. Like, Daki deserved every bit of the way that she was getting plastered, but from it coming from sweet Nezuko was, like, no, somebody get her under control. I don't like this at all. It was so good, but so gruesome. Yeah, there's not many things that really take you aback about anime. And, you know, when she's going off on Daki, it's like, okay, yeah, she deserves this. She's fighting. That's fine. And then it was just the repeated kicks in the same place and the crunching noises. And you're just like, 
Oh, oh no, no, this is this is getting hard to sit through. It was intense in a way that made you feel it. Like it was very well done, but I agree with Zuhair. There was a lot of uncomfortable moments that were specifically that way. But she was having yeah. such a good time doing it. I think that was the other part of it too, was that like she looked more to be enjoying it than Docky did to be enjoying all of her nefarious things that we've seen this season. Like that smirk was sinister. It, it was, and I'm right there with you guys. There was definitely a level of enjoyment that was unexpected, but I think it, it played well, especially considering um, kind of the trial that she has to go with, through after that. But just in terms of like the fight and what took place there, I was pretty delighted to have a character that was so... Daki really did seem to relish kind of like being so much more powerful and just having humans be like fodder for her. So I did get a lot of payoff in that regard that the tables were turned on her so um, rapidly. But I, I mean, in terms of just shock and awe, you guys talk about the continued crunching the knee to the back of the head and, and, and whatnot. But when the Daki does get a moment to kind of fight back and and actually decapitates Nezuko and all her body parts. I kind of forgot for a second that it has to be a Nichiren sword that's that kills a demon when they're yeah. beheaded. So there was a second where I was like, are they killing off one of the characters right now? <laughs> yeah, that took me a second too, but it also seemed like she had like a heightened ability with her blood demon art where it's like the the blood itself was actually holding her in. Yeah. So it wasn't like fully severed yet based off her abilities so it was just a lot of like it was a mix of like needing the sword plus her having a new ability that we haven't quite fully dwelled into yet mm -hmm. yeah i i'm glad you cleared that up because i completely forgot about the nishireen sword part i only thought it was her blood congealing so you right. two kind of you two kind of brought that together for me but the blood congealing thing was still a weird moment power thing for her to have that like hadn't come up before that she could just have floating arms and legs and just kind of bring them back in after being decapitated like that yeah she took her time though before she like completely reassembled herself so you have like this good moment where her head is floating you know a, like a half foot above the rest of her body and you just have this wave of like you said congealing and coagulating blood but then the rest of her limbs are there too. It kind of reminded me. I don't know if either of you played the video game Ray, uh, Rayman or I think things like the Raven Rabbit. <laughs> oh, yeah. popular, but yep. he's got a disembodied like uh, head and, and hands and whatnot. So yeah, there's like no joints. It's just like the end of each appendage, I guess. Uh, it reminded me a lot of Kakuzu from Naruto, but I need okay. Naruto okay. fans to get that. Okay. Um. Yeah, I you, I mean, you mentioned of like how she was like lingering there for a second. I think she was trying to figure out how to put herself back together. She's like, oh, this is fun. And yeah. she's, I'm just all over the place. <laughs> Snap. Which I guess you don't have to worry about regenerating if you just bring the original parts back together. There you go. Yeah, it's yeah. probably a little quicker that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we've seen Deadpool. Uh, the, the length of time it can take him for, for him to regrow limbs. So I'm glad we didn't have to go through that again. But I was waiting <laughs> for Zenitsu to show up and I was waiting for his reaction to transform Nezuko and they held off. I'm so glad. I'll, I'm yeah. kind of glad. I'll, I'll be curious to see how the show plays that moment when it finally does happen, though, if it's going to be one of those like more heartfelt and poignant moments or if they're going to play it for laughs. I could really see it going either direction with that character. 
I mean, speaking of, there's there's another point I'm going to dwell back to. But speaking of like going for laughs, like when the when the constraint was happening, Usui shows up and just yells at both of them. Like even while he like has her held down and has the sword in her mouth and is begging her to stop, like they still switch back to the animation of them with the dot eyes and just like little chibi heads of him yelling at them. <laughs> just in a little corner and i was like how how do you make this so well done and so well timed to make me laugh in this moment where i'm genuinely panicking because i'm scared for these characters like it's, yeah. it's just so good he, he called her a brat i think that was the like wait you're, you're staring at a demon that is sh- almost as strong if not stronger than the upper six and you're like don't be so flashy G- get out of here with that sing her a lullaby i don't care like how can you have that laughable sternness in that moment but it not feel out of place i think that's the most impressive part is feeling right in the moment still he's like you were all flashy in front of the master and everything and now you can't get her under control figure this out just like oh my god (laughs) that's why you gotta love yeah uh but yeah Uh, going back to like uh when she had her blood out and everything when 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 Dobby was beating her up, all the blood was splattering on top of her. So when she just found opportune, she was like, oh, by the way, F you even more, and just lit her up to the point that she couldn't even regenerate. She was scarred so severely. I was like, oh, she's such a savage. That was awesome. I loved that part of it. Yeah, that was that was really cool. And yeah, I'm glad you brought up that moment because it makes me think of of two things. I think that's the first time we've seen her use that blood demon art since uh, the fight with the spider kid, Rui, I want to say, when she used it to burn his all of his remaining like spider threads. She burned the ropes connecting them to the children on the Mugen train. Oh, well. good call. Good call. I forgot about that. Um, but the other thing it, it made me think of is the fact that like Tanjiro has m- been embracing this... Um, Hinomani, he, Hinokami Kagura. Hinokami Kagura. Yeah, this this whole burning uh, move, and it's kind of interesting that you're seeing brother and sister both kind of embrace this kind of like flame heritage to some extent. But the other thing that stuck out is that it triggered a memory for Daki, and I remember she had one of Muzin's uh, memories previously. So I was kind of wondering, is like, where is this coming from? Is this one of Muzin's memories again, or is this a memory of her own? And how much more of her backstory are we going to get? And by the end of this episode, I think we find out there's a lot more to explore with her than we initially thought. But uh, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I like what you're saying about where is this memory coming from? Because I hoped and assumed that it was Muzan's memory because I think it was mm-hmm. the memory of burning. Mm-hmm. So I really hope that wasn't like part of how she became a demon. That would be a really unfortunate part of her backstory but correct me if i'm wrong in that memory was it not a man and a child together okay. so if um jay scotty to catch you up we were speculating and i don't know if the episode confirmed or not that when she had that first memory of muzan's it was tanjiro's father right which child do we think it is with the father this time is it a young tanjiro who doesn't remember or is it a young nezuko that and that's why this is being triggered because nezuko had something to do with her burning that first time around or rather muzan's burning um it could be interesting or is it tanjiro's grandfather Ooh, yeah for all intents and purposes 
that man that we've been assuming that is the father could be even further back because Muzan's very, very old. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of like that you're kind of running with the, the thought that it is Muzan's memory because I was kind of going the other way. I was thinking it was more clearly delineated as one of her own memories because she didn't question it as much. She's like, remembered this last time that I was burned like this and kind of made me think I don't like to do too, too much speculation in the future, but it has me wondering who will ultimately end up uh, defeating her because we know Tandra always has these moments where after he's defeated the demon, you kind of get that reflective moment where they focus on how they became a demon and, and whatnot. I don't think we've seen that as much when other demons are defeated. Like I think back on the Mugen train and in Mu and when he was defeated by, I guess actually he was defeated by um, Tandra, but we just didn't get the, the memory triggered that time around. Yeah, it was more of just a panic and just how did I die and how did I lose this? I don't think he just had any memories to go off of. So right. we, we got to get into his head a little bit, but that was about the extent of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stupid Akaza made it out, so. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, in, in terms of how the episode went, I mean, you have Daki versus Nesuko in the first uh, act, I will say. And the second act all, all takes place within these poor people's apartment <laughs> where Nezuko is, is triggered by the damage she has caused, has injured a, a young woman, and it really... Uh, is a defining moment for her. We've seen her resist human blood in the past, but this time she can't help herself. I did not see this coming. I'm just going to flat out say that at the top. Like when she bit through the muzzle, it was like, Oh, her mouth is exposed and like, Oh, what's that going to mean for her fighting? I did not see her losing control that quickly on a, on another human being being her downfall in that moment. Like I was like, no, she could pull through. I thought she was actually going to have some dialogue at some point, like even if it was just like cursing doctors, fighting her or something. But yeah, when she looked at her, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't go in that. Okay, that's where we're going. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I was so happy Tanjiro jumped in because there was also a moment that I thought they were going to let her actually attack the person and then Tanjiro was going to show up. So I'm glad that we stopped it before that point, but that didn't didn't stop the show from doing a very good job of making you question it. Here's the thing. Sure. Like at that point, Uzui would have permission to take her out. Cause that's, that's the condition. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. At that point, she would have been full demon as kind of like, sorry, we had a deal. And he would have taken her out as quick as he took out Daki's head. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it just goes to speak like, what a good job the show does of taking you on this like emotional roller coaster. Like you have the fight with Daki and Nezuko, and as much as there was so much tension with the way that she has basically Tanjiro on on death's door there, but it's you get the relief of having Nezuko come in and make short work of her. Your relief is only so short lived because now you're immediately concerned for Nezuko, and it's as the struggle that Tanjiro was having while he was like holding the the sword hilt or scabbard in her in her mouth there and she just kept like headbutting him <laughs> right and we know he has a hard head but that still looked like it hurt a lot i imagine she has a pretty hard head too coming from the same family but i everything yeah, I, think he was... <laughs> he was, I think she was going for the nose a little more on that <laughs> maybe that's and fair. i've been victim to those a couple of times in jujitsu and it's like no no fun yeah yeah but i mean yeah everything that tondra was voicing all his concern and everything i was just feeling it the same way it is it is nice to have 
Uzui um, show up on the scene and he makes such an entrance. It's kind of like you say, you have Daki sitting there talking her smack. Once again, she never quite learns. And then he comes in. She's just like innocently sitting like with her head in her hands. And she's like, you actually cut my head off and this and that. I was like, why is she still sitting there? Like, what's going on with this? But yeah, like he like lectures Tanjiro and Tanjiro and Nezuko really had their uh, sons getting real low, big guy moment. Oh. <laughs> um, the the lullaby was beautiful. Like it was the words that resonated. Uh, getting that flashback of like her and her mom, and it's like, oh, did you eat red berries when uh, when you were pregnant with Tanjiro? And I was like, oh, this is so sweet. And then the way that she was bawling out and how she just reconnected with her family and how like her original self truly was coming back and shrunk back into her tiny self. I was like, dude, that got me. That really got me. I was, I was, I was just like sighing in relief. Like I felt like I was holding my breath throughout this whole session, except for when I was laughing at Uzui's moment. Sure. And then just back to catch holding my breath. And that was a lot. That really was an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, I think they did a really good job of kind of making up for the uncomfort in the comfort that you felt of her just being such a perfect iteration of a naive child. Like you said, talking about the berries with Tanjiro's eyes, you were just immediately in that moment like, yes, she still is this kid that unfortunately had all of her memories of being an actual human kid cut short. She still has that underneath that she's not fully a demon. So they really paid it off nicely. And then, like you said, the crying was really emotional, especially out of beast mode, Nezuko. Mm -hmm. And then I almost think they actually made her smaller than her usual small mode. Because I, I did an audible, like, oh, baby Nezuko, when she shrunk back down. Like, she was so tiny in Tanjiro's arms in that moment. So it, it definitely kind of paid off because you were at peace, even for a second. Like you said, there was a lot of holding your breath of chaos. That little bit put you kind of in a place where you were like okay it all paid off it's all worth it to have gone through the turmoil and uncomfortable uncomfort of as i'm kind of referring to her as beast mode nezuko just going yeah. off <laughs> on the rails uh it, it was it was done in a way that felt justified i thought yeah. that was about the size she typically gets to when she goes in the box Maybe that maybe that's the in the box size, and I'm thinking of the yeah. usual out of the box size. It was she was so small, she was so cute. I wanted to just pick her up. <laughs> I, either way, it's been a while since we've seen her quite so diminutive. So, um, I, I agree with everything you guys say, but this really was like Nezuko's episode. As much as um, her going into beast mode was a defining moment for, her, I feel like this was as much a defining moment. As much as she like made the wrong choice to go after the human blood, her brother triggered a memory in her that actually like allowed her to have some level of grief and we haven't really seen that we've seen Tandro be able to process his emotions so much it's nice for her to actually have that moment and see her shed some tears and we learn later on from Tandro about what kind of sister she was you know when the grandfather passed or was it I can't remember if it was the grandfather grandmother but then the father and how she she you know took her younger siblings in and said you know let's just cry it all out in one day and then they would want us to not have our lives destroyed by our grief. So just really great to get that context for the, for the character. Um, I did love the mention of 
Tanjiro's red eyes because that's one thing I've been meaning to mention about this series that I just hasn't come up yet. I love how every character has unique eyes. Like some of them share the same eye color, but then when you look at the designs that's happening within the iris and whatnot, there's not a single character that has the same eyes. And a lot of times in animes, you'll have just different eyes on different faces and they swap out different features to create these different characters. But it's, it's one of my favorite things of the show is just the level of detail and how much personality every character has on every, from their costumes to their eyes to just everything. Yeah, attention to detail truly is a strong point of this. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But uh, outside of the stuff with Nezuko... I mean, I think we hit everything leading up to the big reveal. Yeah. Are we missing anything? Yeah, there was one line that I know you'll appreciate, Zuhair, that I wrote down. Um, so we talked about how Uzui came in and sliced the head off. Mm. I love the fact that it didn't immediately fall off. They played into that anime trope of the sword came out. We saw the slice and she's just standing there while he lectures Nezuko and Tanjiro. And he's like, shut up back there. Like, don't don't bother. And she's like, what do you mean? Why are you talking down to me? And then suddenly the head just falls into her lap. She's looking around like, what's going on? And he just says, shut up and die an unflashy death. <laughs> How more BA can you be yeah. than to just look at someone and say that after you know their head's going to fall off in that moment? Like, yeah. that's top tier anime. Don't look at me moment. I was so fascinated, but so confused because, like, yeah, I'm ex. She's, she's quite the threat, and I was expecting Uzumi to have the big fight with her. Sure. Oh yeah. And in the moment of her smacking, talking smack, he goes, "You're not one of the the upper six. Like, you're not the one I've been tracking." I was like, "Excuse me." Yeah. There's somebody more terrifying that you've been after this whole time. Yeah. There's somebody else that the that your wives were looking for. It wasn't her. Right. Where is this guy? Oh, thank you for answering my question. Yeah. This is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that line of dialogue definitely like stuck out to me too. And it was definitely setting up what happens next. But the last thing I will say is what I appreciate about the whole positioning of the head is, is like as her tantrum kind of escalated, her head went from being on her neck into her hands and then on the floor when she's full out just like going full on we talked about ba beast mode and, and baby mode but her, this is her just like petulant child mode <laughs> yeah uh but yeah we find out that uh the reason that she doesn't immediately disintegrate is because she has i guess I, he refers to her as his younger sister so they're not conjoined twins but they are conjoined siblings he and, could have been born like a minute earlier oh that's fair <laughs> could be uh at any rate she got all the the good the the pretty jeans and he got all the ugly jeans because man is this guy uh gross and gangly but i love it because it makes him so scary what is this guy's name uh guitaro is that right guitaro i honestly didn't even catch his name i didn't know he had a name that's a i'm okay. just gonna call him the freaky brother from here on out but it's just so funny how, i mean not even funny but like you know, she's like all high and mighty and everything, and then she's like on her knees in tears. Oh, Nichan, they were bullying me, and I'm trying so hard to be a good upper six, and they're being mean and ganged up on me, and blah, blah, blah. And her face is still burnt up. Like, you can just see a straight eyeball, like, wobbling around. There's no eyelid for her to blink with. Right. Oh, so yeah. it's just like her creepy, but she's like crying out of this, like, 
undescended eyeball and then you have this anorexic demon who's just like hideous just straight up hideous like oh my god and he was like don't cry little one just healing her face and i'm like oh no oh no oh no 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 this is gonna be five more episodes of mayhem i'm not ready for this right yeah yeah and to answer the question apparently he did say his name is Giataro is how okay. i would pronounce it g-u g-y-u-t-a-r-o okay all right Giataro. Giataro. um but yeah this does bring some merit back um, again, not to reference too much that you weren't here for, Jay Scotty, but we talked no, about how Muzan very much babied Daki. When he came in to have that conversation, he was very like, you're one of the best. I couldn't do this without you. Like, you have, you are my prettiest demon, giving her all these compliments and all this praise. And Zuhair and I were like, what is he doing? We've never seen him like this before. This kind of brings some merit to it of like, okay, apparently, or I'm guessing, Muzan knew about this. He's like, I need to treat this child here with some care, hoping that she does do it. But if not, her brother is on the inside and is much scarier and will take care of whatever business. But like, you have to treat them both differently or one's going to have a temper tantrum and you just don't want to deal with that out of your demon. So it's nice to kind of get a little bit more clarification in that regard. Didn't make it any less weird that she was having a temper tantrum and he was coddling her. but it did kind of help lend some light to this relationship that all of them have. Yeah. Yeah. Totally fair. His like first move right out of the gate, like had me very, very scared for Uzui. Cause you just see that slash and you can't tell what part of his head was hit. You can tell that his uh, head bracelet. I don't know if there's a better terminology for that headgear. In Naruto, um, it's just headband. Like they headband, actually have okay. like the Shinobi have like protective. Oh, he has wear. a Shinobi. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you see the diagonal line across that and you see the blood and it's like, okay, is he dead? And then immediately Guitar is like, yeah, not bad. Even though I was trying to kill you, you managed to to come out. Uh, you scathed, not entirely unscathed, but uh, sustaining some damage. But it it makes me kind of question the trajectory of the story. Do we think Uzui's making it out alive or is are we basically kind of killing off the hashira one by one to make room for like a new generation i hope not yeah (laughs) (laughs) now that sounds i don't i feel like they have a chance in some capacity here because as amazing as kyojiro was he was already a little hurt he was defending all of these people that were still in the mugen train he was defending a hurt tanjiro so he was almost fighting from a bit of a disadvantage true whereas even in this little bit of a fight that we kind of haven't touched on yet, it seems like Tengen's actual fighting prowess is more than Kyojiro. Like, Kyojiro may have had speed and other skills on him, whereas it just yeah. feels like his shinobi training has made him a lot more relevant in terms of being able to fight not one but two demons, although we have seen Tanjiro go toe-to-toe with Daki. I'm hoping that means that our trio will be able to fight Daki while he fights um Giotaro and okay. maybe they kind of manage that this is all weird speculation and a way of me hoping and praying that we don't lose Tengen because he is sure. both an amazing comedic part but also I, if there are more powerful Hashira I want to see it because it seems like I didn't think we were going to get stronger than Kyodro yet here we are 
if they had to go head to head, I might take Tengen in that fight. Sure. I'll so. I'll add on to your speculation because I really like that about the the younger guys handling Daki while he handles uh creepy brother. Uh and I'll add on to it by saying that Akaza went toe to toe with Kyojuro as number three. This duo True. is still number six. So them right. together make number six. So that's fair. Uzui, the only reason he took that hit is because he was trying to protect those people. Right, that's fair. And the last bit of dialogue that we got from him before the episode ended is, okay, this building has been cleared up, and the first thing that he does is drop bombs, too. That wasn't even, like, concussive grenades or anything. Like, it was straight explosions. So, like, he's ready to go all out now that he's in an environment where he can just fall out. Yeah, I I think I agree with both of you that I prefer it go that direction just because uh, less repetition in terms of like story beats is is more inviting to me um but i did somewhere in the back of my mind i could see like a possibility where the final battle ends up being brother and sister versus brother and sister so it'd be you know Gitaro and uh daki versus tanjiro and nezuko but that would mean that everybody else has to be incapacitated so as much as I would like to see that, I think we're done with Nezuko. I think she has some yeah. thoughts to have on her own time. It felt like they put a nice little bow on her realizing her wrongs. That's fair. That's true. And you mentioned the exploding. Uh, I want to call them Kamoyo beads because it allows me to make two references to Marvel. And I, I just love to do that. So the Kamoyo beads are from uh, Black Panther. But then Tengen had that moment where he used his sound power and it was very reminiscent of the earlier iteration of Daredevil. It's that sonar moment. Yeah. Yes. And I loved that we got to see him use like a specific sound Hashira power because we had kind of done the whole like, oh, we can hear the explosions in the ground. I'm like, is this it? Can he just hear like what's the actual thing? So to know that he has something more grand that he can blink and know that there's no one in the building that was a really cool both revelation and moment yeah mm-hmm. so out of curiosity i looked up uh the list of the hashira and the first list that came up is all of them in order by strength ah okay so who's at the top of that uh so from if you take out all of the formers uh-huh Actually, you asked for the top. The top is actually Gyomai, the stone Hashira, the one that has the prayer beads that's always crying. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. He's apparently the most powerful. Well, as the show has gotten more popular, I will say, I've seen more on social media people talking about Demon Slayer and stuff like that. And there have been some TikTok, Instagram reels, whatever you want to call them, where it's this Hashira versus this one. Who has better speed? Who has more stamina? Who's stronger? And then they go into that one-on-one fight. So the more that I've seen stuff like that, it seems like, at least I'm guessing from the manga and where people are getting this information they have kind of flushed out everyone has the pros and the cons. So as much as he is the strongest, maybe that doesn't mean he's right to fight this demon because you might need, I don't know, the most speed. Because honestly, who else is going to stand up to Akaza if it wasn't Kyojuro, who is like denoted as being one of the fastest? Yeah, I mean, just just because you said like uh, you were wondering where Uzui is for Ren Goku, that's where I was like, hmm. I mean, if you want to know, I can tell you. We're already here. Why not? 
<laughs> Uzumi is actually at the bottom of the list with Rengoku right above him. Interesting. So Uzumi's number nine. I'm really Rengoku intrigued for the rest eight. of the show now. He's a <laughs> he's a cocky guy for being <laughs> the bottom he's of the list. Cocky, he's just flashy. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Did want to make note of the fact that um as much as like Gitaro wanted to defend his little sister from being bullied and obviously cared about her and was a little peeved off about that. The thing that made him the most upset is the fact that uh, Tangan has three wives. You're just like, <laughs> three wives? That's he reminded me a lot of Zenitsu in that moment. Like, he was saying <laughs> the same thing Zenitsu was. But also the fact that he was clawing at his skin. Like, <laughs> I was about to say, uh, like, that's the big difference. He was actually ripping his face off. He was so mad. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just like, is he just like a super traditionalist and believes in monogamy that much? <laughs> I think it's coming from a place of jealousy more so. Yeah, it's just rip off and then you're watching it heal just so he could do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I, Unsettling. I, gotta, I gotta say his powers are pretty cool, though. The two sickles. Oh, yeah. And the then like, he turns his blood into movable sickles. I was like, that's kind of cool. It's really freaky looking. That's cool. Yeah, the bones making up the sickles are a little... Eh, still <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty gruesome stuff but it, it makes me excited for how much the tension is going to be ratcheted going up uh, but god i wish you guys watched naruto so many references <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but i we we spoke a little bit about uh zenitsu there uh, he's been asleep this whole time but he's the one that you know uh tips Anosuku off that there is an ongoing battle so that they can show up right there at the end. But the only notable thing I really had about the two of them is that um, Anosuku is apparently a mountain god now, referring to himself as much. And then I, I, he talked about the, the god of the festival, and I, I have to imagine that's Tengen. Yes, yeah. early okay. on in the arc, he refers to himself as the god of festivals, and then okay. Anosuke uh, announces himself introduces himself that's the word i'm looking for as the lord of the mountain i don't know when he oh, got okay. to be the god but he, he okay. used to be the lord um he seemed he to be himself just for flashy yeah, sage just to be flashy he did seem very energized though like when they showed up he was ready to go like yeah, yeah. not that he's known for being unenergized but he was over the top like oh we'll take him down let's go what do we got to do take nezuko to the box it's fine yeah yeah I'm ready for him to be back into the action. He is my favorite character, so I need more Inosuke. Oh, for sure. Nah. <laughs> the way they ranted is like, "I'm here, I'm ready, let's do it." <laughs> and before he would be like, "Don't tell me what to do," to Tanjiro, to like, "Yeah, you got it. Let's get right into this." Like, there's been a for lot sure. of character development in such a short amount of time. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. But very trusting character development as well it's not the in your face like oh obviously they're friends now like it's subtle enough that he went from not listening to yeah i understand what you have to do you go do it i'll help here like it's just that it's the way that a team would actually grow for sure very well said um and on that note i don't know if i have anything left to say unless you gentlemen do when is it sunday again so, man. yeah <laughs> i did notice that the demon slayer wiki has a a ticker with a countdown to the next episode and i, I won't pull it up right now but when i last checked it was like five days 15 hours and and what have you so oh don't show me that <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, I didn't want to dive too deeply there because I was fearful of, of spoilers because it's it's been a real joy to enjoy the show. It is it is tough to kind of like take it one episode at a time where I was used to binging it just because of the episode yeah. structures are so much where it like it just begs for the story to continue and you want more, which is a good thing. Yep. Yep. But at least we have our weeks to just get giddy about everything together. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I thank you both for being here and I thank all the listeners for tuning in. Continue to do so. That's T double O N I N. Try to get back to staying whelmed. <laughs> and bye. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. Showing your good side to the world has its rewards. When you become a plasma donor at Griffles, you'll help save lives and receive compensation for your time and effort. Up to $800 your first month. Use it for whatever you or your family may need now or in the future. You can donate plasma up to twice a week. And it's safe and simple at Griffles. Thousands of people are already doing it. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. When you need milk for Zoe and a cold brew for yourself, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery time's not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com slash boost. Everybody, muscle, muscle. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard to recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Plastics can be so much more. Give the trash a second chance it was. Hard to recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the line's being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark.